This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. We're on Rockwell Flats in the Chihuahuan Desert, bordering Arizona and Texas. Many, many miles away from my town of South Fork, my beloved little town. And I was on a dry run of the area, and I was parched. And I let me tell you, let me relate this to you. I was not alone. I was with my friend Mark and the Hogan twins. Rockwell Flats is a vast area, morphs into the Chihuahuan Desert. And uh, it's a dry place, like I said. We had our canteens. But here's where the drama began. The canteens run dry. The stupidity on my part. I was responsible for these young twins. 16 years old. Identical. My friend Mark. Mark Halpern. Mark Halpern. Halpern is a more common name, but he's spelled H-E-L-P-R-I-N. And uh, he was with me. We had come off our big load, our strike, in Pearson, Pearson Canyon. You can go back a few on the podcast, listen to that story. You can listen to my stakeout story of my siege, the siege, the siege of the uh, the bad hombres that took over the six, the six deadly sins of uh, the South Fork area. But we was nowhere to be found in the South for hundreds of miles away. We had taken a, we rented the horse, horse rented, had our bed rolls. We had the bed rolls where the horses were rented and we took them up. Uh, the stage runs through there from Dallas, from Denver, but we did not see the, the stage come down that way. They, they, they avoid the, the whole Chihuahuan situation. Uh, it's, it's, it's like Arabia, Mirage City. It's, uh, Mirage Point is a high point on the dunes where um, where it's been legend that the, the mirage of the burning bush was seen, a religious connotation of the revivals of the town. Had a traveling revival come through the town of South Fork. But I digress. I digress. I don't want to get off my big story, my big story of nighttime on the desert. Where temperatures go down to the cool, cool areas, where you see the cactus and the water cactus, watery. You can find the water. We didn't find any. Sagebrush sparse. No nutrition from that plant. The 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 tumbleweeds were reckoning, billowing about, and uh, we uh, had no no real shade. No cliffs, wasn't Pearson Canyon, wasn't on our strike. I tell you, we got $750,000 on that strike. I lost it all. As a main character would, protagonist never rich. There's always a longing. There's always that hope that he's going to get rich. Never rich. It's like that brass ring on the carousel. Never quite get it. Never quite do it. All about left is all about left is your wits and your voice and your 
your your your accent. I, some people tell me I got a strong strong Texas accent. I like my accent. I'm not going to change it for anything. I was born in New York City and I'm three days old. My famous story of me moving down to Wichita through through the through the the, the, the Texas Texas uh, Panhandle, coming back and looping back around. Long trip and settling in on South Fork with the family. But the story of the desert is a story of the Chihuahuan wilderness. And it's a free, free of any real animals. The coyote missed the coyote sound at night and missed it. The moon came down off the hill. The, the dunes in the background, dunes I should say. Low lying dunes. There's a desert wind. Didn't see any devil dirt. Dust devils about, uh, with no storm clouds, no rain, no precipitation, dry as a bone. And, uh, you know, we, we just, uh, we just kept, kept on moving around. I'm, I'm sitting here in the luxury of the studio here in Pawtucket, um, staying in Pawtucket for another week, going to enjoy the city. Nice little town you got here in little Rhode Island, at least part of the country, but I was long back. I do want to get back to my South Fork and my hotel room. I'm in the process. The land grab guy took a property. We're going to get it back. The bank is negotiated back with the guy there, uh, McCabe, and he's a bad guy. Uh, his family has a history of land grabbing. And it's, it's any since, it's, since, since any of the Homestead Act, he uh, took advantage of that. Use many loopholes with crooked banks, but the bank that we had, uh, the Wild West, it would be, was the was the great Morgan Bank in town with Mister Miller, the most decent, most ethical uh, dealer that you could ever sit down at across the desk with in the green desk lamp. With his visor, his. Uh, like a printer's apprentice, he was looking down the papers, checking everything out, checking the copy, proofreading, marking things up, sent it to his, his uh, well, that's at the teletype office, it's just next door. So we had constant communication. We had no communication out in the desert, though, I can tell you, getting back to my story in the desert, the Chihulan wilderness. But Rockwell Flats is just a, a flat area. That beckons, that, that harkens the desert. It's the gateway to the Chihuahuan situation. I call it a situation because it is a real situation. You ain't going to want to get yourself into that kind of mess anytime soon. I can tell you that right now. So whether you come from the west, or come from the east, come from Denver, come from Wichita, come from uh, come from Bo Bozeman, anywhere those towns up and up up and away the country. Way west, they come from the east, come from Boston. Yeah, they come from sh Chicago, Chicago land, and uh, all the hogs up there. And uh, eighteen in eighteen seventy four, there was no no uh, real line coming in on the train, so they had no computer, no no transportation, and and you you, you had the horses, you had the stages, you had the coaches. You had the teams, you had the Wells Fargo, you had the mule, mule train, you had the mule ride, mule ride into town. It's 20, 20 mule team, Death Valley. So you had all this uh, commotion coming in through the town. 
But I'm talking, I'm talking fast because I'm excited about telling you the story. It ends happily. It ends happily. It ends in the saloon of South Fork with a real epiphany of sorts that we vowed never to get caught in that situation again. And we drank that night. I got to say, we did drink. Got drunk. Drinking to the gods of of the desert and Mother Mary for sending us through and getting us through. My bedroll was flattened. I was sitting on it without even realizing it. I had to puff it up a little bit, a little bit of work there. Morgan twins were all set with their bedrolls. We had a good campfire. We had enough water that night. Don't even know what day it was. So if you want to be in a bad situation, you want to be in the desert in the middle of July, middle of July, I don't care where you are across this continent, July is hot. July is hot in California, up Oregon Way, up in Minnesota, in the east, down Carolinas, Virginia Way, and looping back through my mid Mid hook up town of Wichita when I was four days old on our trip. Well, by the seventh day of my living, I was a one week old baby, one week old little tot. Well, my mom and dad pulled into Wichita, and I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was tricky. We stayed there just for about a couple months. Well, actually, we settled in Oklahoma. Oklahoma for a couple months and then we moved on ended up where I belong in South Fork that's the place where I belong it was by the 8th month my dad had a job with the peace officers he was a bona fide deputy but never really did any deputy duty it was more administrative back when uh, documents started making more importance than just uh, being out there and without any paperwork and anything back up need a hall of records nothing like that Suffolk, Suffolk doesn't even have a hall of records we got a little file cabinet and the, the marshal's marshal's office and the, the, the banks and any place with the document telegraph office got more telegraphs and you could shake a stick at people wanted to com- communicate back to Boston Providence and Baltimore, Chicago, Los Angeles. Been to Los Angeles. Been to San Francisco. Been to Denver, of course. Met my Millie there. Wonderful lady. Started a whorehouse in South Fork. Millie's, Millie's an unofficial name, Millie's Whorehouse. Simple as that, Millie's brothel. You get your hit, you get your tricks. Do it right with the women of your dreams. Had to pick about 13 girls in that whole house. All beautiful ladies, all beautiful, smart, smart as whips. I remember one day when about 11 of them came to the saloon, I couldn't believe it could have been 30 of them. All just pretty with pretty dress. Two of them are upstairs getting ready. 
they never made it down because they got they, they ended up having sex with with some of the uh, some of the varmints up there. I don't like the idea of that. They didn't associate with the bad elements, but in this case, uh, uh, little I think her name was Sarah. One of them, forget the other name of the other gal, but she was uh, Sarah. I always liked Sarah. I think she was my favorite of the bunch. So thir- thirteen prostitutes, and uh, and Millie herself included fourteen, and then you put up on the second, on the first and third floors of Millie's unofficial name. Now, no name, no name, had no name, no sign on the door, no no pointing. No, no reference. You just had to identify it. Everything down to the four-year-old kid knew what that what that place was. Biggest place in the town. About seven windows wide. Must have been 100 feet wide, 120 feet wide. Four stories, tallest structure in the town. I used to get a view on the roof. I used to climb up the roof, see the activity around the surrounding area of South Fork. I like my town of South Fork. It's a town for all ages and all, all folk, all color, all creed. You gotta get yourself to town of South Fork someday. That's a story. Uh, uh, glad you made it to the saloon, Johnson's, on that day, Buckles. Well, we did. We'd made it to that saloon. Um, I'm glad you like that story. There's more of them where they came from. I try to bring in a little bit more color. Uh, it is. Uh, it's. Uh, it's the onus is on me to provide. The uh, the textual, the uh, descriptive analysis, the the run through of of uh, of that of that town of that that town of South Fork. Is there an East Fork or a North Fork or uh, there's a North Fork? A man called Lucas McCain sort of rules the roost. He kind of Butts his rifle into people's business, but rightfully so. Gets the business done by the five, five minute before the end show, just like you could set your clock by it. His guns blazing, his Winchester repeater is going at it. He's never down in a good person, always someone that deserves it. Always someone that deserves it, yep. Always someone that deserves it. And uh, so you 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 got out of the canyon, and how did you how did you do it? You were on rented horses. How did you did you return those horses? Horses. What's that all about? Horses, steed. My my animals are. I love my animals. Like we kept it. We went back. Uh, we had them on a on a wagon, uh, and then we rode them with the wagon. Then we'd put them, put them back on in a Conestoga horse wagon. And then we can continue on. 
No, just kidding. We didn't have that kind of transportation back then in the 1800s. Even talking to you on my modern mic right here. What's that? A Sennheiser mic? What do you got that? What's it? Uh, we 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 rode the horses back, but we we bypassed the desert. You see, and uh, I needed to get back to my my intrepid. He's my my baby, my boy. He's four years old. He's got a lot of life ahead of him. He's been uninjured amazingly. And he had a new pair, he had a new set of horseshoes on him. And he was waiting for me. And boy, when I saw his beautiful white streaked face, I knew, because he's got a white streak in front, running all the way down from his forehead to his nose, uninterrupted like a perfect V, and I can spot him a mile away. He's dark, 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 darkest brown, almost a black. But in the sun, you can see that he's brown, kind of amber brown, and uh, almost sometimes, sometimes bluish. That's the bell, that's, that's the bell to pray, and I want to pray because I've had to pray in the desert, and I learned to pray in the desert. Coming down from Rockwell Flats in the Chihuahuan Desert of northeast, southeast, eastern Texas border out Arizona. So it's a desert without borders. It goes over. Doesn't care what state it's in or what territory. Are you kidding me? By the time we made it to the Mexican territory, everything old bets were off. That's why we went to the drinking hole. The second we got there, we was in our own old little old man horse troughs, sipping down that old gold whiskey, top shelf brand. I, I had to have the best. Looks like piss, a little more gold. And I just lament, I lament on the money I lost playing cards and gambling. Almost had to pay them back, losing my share of 180000 of the dollars from the Pearson Box Canyon strike. Made famous by just a few of your, what you call, talk me some art and other stories. Well, this is one heck of a story. Story of me gaining money and losing it. Thanks, Buckles. Thank you. So Gary's coming over with the sander. He had come over yesterday. He came over with the planer, a power planer, a yellow DeWalt uh, deal. Um and I had replaced three planks by the radiator at the front entryway of my small little bungalow here. Uh, and um, it was always a problem. It was like that for two years. I had tried to fill it with wood, and Pierre said, Guy, no way. It's going to take you forever, and it's not going to come out right. And me being the stubborn person, argued with him on about it. And then I finally came to the light of the 
of the uh, replacing, uh, chipping out the rotted uh, subfloor. That's how bad the rot had gone. Uh, you know, what, when you're dealing with a radiator, you're dealing with incredibly hot water. I got a, a forced hot water system. And it comes down and the valve is leaking right at the, uh, at the, at the turn point there, at the elbow, the valve, uh, it wasn't connected, <coughs> it wasn't connected tight enough, excuse me. And, um, as simple as that. And the leak was insidious and it made its way through, uh, like I said, it involved three of the floorboards about 12 to 14 inches wide. That's all been since replaced. Manny, my man, came in. I did a story on his handiwork a few podcasts back. Uh, maybe you listened to it. Maybe you didn't. Um, by the way, if you can support me by sharing sharing the podcast, that'd be awesome. That's all I got to say. It'd be great if you could spread the word of my podcast. There's also a place where you can donate uh, in different tiered amounts. I think 99 cents is the first one. Four ninety nine, yes, four ninety nine for second tier. Uh, third level would be nine ninety nine, um, and so on. Uh, well, not so on, but you can donate any amount you want. But I think they locked into those figures. It's a good way to support uh, podcasts, my podcasts, and podcasts in general. The dissemination of ideas, music, thought, uh, query. Um, and so Gary's going to be coming over. He's due any second. He, um, he promised he'd be over soon with the DeWalt in hand. Um, he might bring his vacuum. I don't think he needs to. I have a brand new vacuum that, uh, works like a charm. It's a Hoover canister. Cost, uh, almost $300. Um, and out of my money, hard-earned money. And uh, I'm going to be freelancing for my brother Paul's dealership in September, I'm hoping, to ramp up and get ready. The office is all ready to go. I've got an older style computer, but I want to upgrade it. I tried uh, loading uh, loading Mountain Lion, uh, its max operating system for 10.8, and I was unsuccessful. I can't find where it went. Um, usually, it, usually the computer restarts with a whole new, a whole new uh, desktop and interface. And, uh, you know, everything, all the folders are in place. And you can go instantly uh, with that. My Lulu girl is looking out the window as if she's waiting for Gary to come back. She will make herself scarce. Kane will check out the scene, although he didn't yesterday when Gary was over with the planer. Uh, he, uh, maybe the noise bothered him. The noise doesn't, cats don't really like loud noises, if you've ever noticed. Um... But they're great creatures. I love my girl. She's right by my Jerry Garcia magazine, which I'm going to peruse through. Well, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it page to page. I don't want to get ahead of the book and flip through it. And then I've sort of, uh, you know, shot my wad as far as uh, reading and, and learning. I want to see every picture at one at a time. I want to scan the page in, in an old-fashioned, uh, determined way. Uh, that's just the way I like to read. I like to read, I sometimes have to read a paragraph over and over again, uh, lines over and over again, sentences over and over again, you know, up to three or four times before I could really comprehend the meaning of them. I really want to like uh, suck every bit of knowledge out of that sentence. And um, uh, 
hanging on to each word, you know, it's just, uh, it's my ACD, it's my AHAD, it's my anal retentive, it's my dyslexia, it's, uh, it's my uh, manic, well, my bipolar. Uh, I have mild, I don't really have manic stages. Don't be afraid of me. I'm not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here. Um, but I, I do have slightly, uh, I have a slight wave. It's very, very ebby and tidy. Uh, it goes up and down at a very, very shallow rate in a frequency that is sometimes more frequent uh, and sometimes less frequent, maybe just depending on the day. I don't know how God works these things. Um, I believe in God. I believe in, um, you know, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Roman Catholic raised that way. Uh, I will be for the rest of my life. I can pretty much say that assuredly. Uh, there's a mosque, a mosque uh, being built here in Pawtucket uh, for all inclusiveness of the community. I'm sure they'll welcome all um, to, you know, you can try out this religion and move on to another one, Allah Monty Python. Come to our religion. We're the best. Now, I, I think I think Roman Catholic, Catholic Church, I might do a story on it. Uh, without alienating people, hopefully. Um, but I don't think I will. People are interested in those things. The old line Catholic Church and how smart it was and how figured out it is. It's uh, predetermined by the Lord. Um, I used to think that that was crazy gobbledygook talk. Um, but it kind of just does make sense because it seems like the rules in place with the Catholic Church, you know, regardless of the problems that's gone through with the sex scandals and such. Um, every institution is saddled with that issue. The boy, look at the, Just look at the Boy Scouts of America. You can't look at a more uh, secular organization than that, although it does have God as underpinnings, un, an underpinning to that. Uh, their faith, uh, you know, the three fingers up is, you know, is, is, is a great symbol of trustworthiness, you know, the tenderfoot, my brother, my, both my brothers were, were uh, Boy Scouts growing up. They went to the Jamborees, they went to the outings uh, at Yago, uh, a, a, uh, uh, an area of nature here in Rhode Island that is uh, Troop 28, St. Cecilia's, Troop, Troop 28, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and that was uh, the moniker. Um, but I walked by the school, I went to church this morning, it's Sunday, and I uh, had a nice Mass, went to the noon Mass. I usually go to the 10 a.m. They have an 8, 10, and 12. Um, I went to the 12, uh, and I saw the windows in the back of the church, and it you know, gave me a feeling of, I remember, I don't, you don't see those in the church hall proper. You don't see those windows. They're in the back sort of ante rooms that are in the back. Uh, well, it's like one room, and that's where the Knights of Columbus meet. That's where the... Uh, the kitchen's not too far off from that. Um, they've uh, updated things, I believe. I want to check it out. Um, I gave uh, I gave at the church the, today. I gave of myself, my time. Um, I, I offer it up to God. Um, I, I sometimes like to watch the clock. I, I can be guilty of that. Um, you know, um, I can't help myself. I... 
when I get up in the morning, I like to, each time I get up, the three times that I get up in the morning, it seems, you know, there's a 1.30 mark. Well, sometimes it's 11.30, sometimes even earlier and, uh, and such. But basically, that's the deal. And uh, here's Gary now. He's probably going to ring the bell again or knock. Uh, Come on in, Gary. So he's uh, sorry about that mic input. Yeah, probably blew, blew your meters off if you have them. But uh, in any event, I'm glad it's fun. It's fun. Uh, he's coming in. It's anticipatory. I'm waiting with bait breath for Gary to... Hi, Gary. Hi. Gary, uh, we're on live. We're on the podcast. I'm talking about you coming over. Gary's nodding uh, negatively to not uh, include him. And I am going to shut off. I'm going to conclude this. I got to go. I'm going to try to help out Gary. And he, and he did bring his vacuum. His DeWalt is uh, Sander. His DeWalt was yesterday. Today, it uh, looks like a Makita. Uh, and uh, he's ready to go. He's ready to go to town with, the pod, with, this, uh, with this sanding. So we'll let you go. Bye now. There's a lot of talent out there, certainly. And in the collector's edition, Jerry Garcia, the new Rolling Stones magazine book out, 1695 US dollars at fine drugstores and stores nationwide. And uh, David Brown, talent, that's the talent we're talking about. We're talking about Jerry Garcia. But we're talking about David Brown writing a great article. Uh, bittersweet in its nature. Talks about a lot of things. Talks about Hate Ashbury. Talks about the drug culture. The beginnings in 65 and 66, notably. 66 was the, uh, the main thrust, the beginnings, the underpinnings of the band. Um... And, of course, the Summer of Love was the catalyst that uh, sort of brought the whole family together. And they would never look back. They would never look back. Um, Drug use, psychedelics. uh, They played... They started in in a big concert of uh, future deadheads, (laughs) newly inducted. the acid test, the pizza parlor, the famous pizza parlor, large crowd there, from what I understand. I thought it was a small crowd, but after reading Brown's article, I'm realizing it's uh, David Brown is B-R-O-W-N-E, by the way. Um, you know, they, they moved to Mer- uh, Marin County later on after being expelled of sorts from, well, actually self-imposed uh, exodus of uh, of the hate area of San Francisco. Um, Jerry lost his middle finger, which gives him even more complexity, I think, more character, um, more more of a, 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 a depth to his personality in that one accident with his brother. His brother cut his finger off in a chopping accident when he was six. He saw his father die in a river accident on a fishing trip. Both of them recreational accidents that shouldn't have happened, but they did. 
His mother would later die uh, in his professional career uh, when he was much older um, of a heart attack. Um, he loved his mother, he loved his father, of course, but he was too young to sort of catalyze it and or to, to make it, to, to bring it to fruition of any sort. So he was denied, he was denied accessibility to things. And I think in a response, he wanted to make things accessible for people. His generous soul couldn't be any other, couldn't let it be any other way. So, so my man Jerry, um, prayers are with you. Uh, he had a great career of 30 years playing music for his friends, for his family. Had fathered, I believe, at least two children. Um, one with the Mountain Girl, and in a previous, and then a previous marriage. Um, he um, he had had gone into a, uh, the Betty Ford Clinic, and then a couple weeks later, uh, he was a, he was a self preservationist, but a self destructive behavior at the same time, which which added to his complexity, I believe. So through the article, I really gleaned a lot about Jerry Garcia, and that's why I continue to do these episodes of Talk Me Some Art. Art being the, the main word here, in this case, it's very true, and other stories, and the stories being the articles that I'm reading in this collector's edition, Jerry Garcia. It's a goldish cover with a golden kind of photo of Jerry in a smoking jacket, uh, laced with uh, starfish in, in a sort of a... Uh, a uh, a Da Vinci-like circle, um, gothic in nature, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a white magic or black magic look to it, actually. Um, he was magic, and uh, along with bands like Quicksilver Messenger Service, um, and uh, spurred, by the, spurred by the Beatles, they had an influence can't deny that the Rolling Stones themselves too the article also touches on Altamont it's a pretty in-depth article and it's 10 pages or so uh, and it's not even that when you include the photos the full bleed photos on on each side of on either side of the spread um, the graphic designers dream the magazine is just beautifully laid out easy to read type a little smallish on the text I would have gone a font size larger uh, made the book a little heavier, but you know, in the way of commerce and the almighty dollar kind of takes over. I also learned that Amoxamoxica, uh, the album of Psychedelia, uh, was a, a sort of a, a homage to Psychedelia. And um, I learned a lot of things. I learned a lot of things with this article. I, it's, a, it's a great takeaway article. Um, my reading comprehension is, I thought, limited, but with this article, I gleaned a lot. I took away a lot. I'm going to use those two terms repeatedly, maybe. 
because uh, there are takeaways. There's takeaways with the great Grateful Dead concerts. They're like no other concert on the on earth, is what one one quote is attributed. Uh, the the man I don't know the man, but I know Stanley Owsley Stanley Bear, his nickname, created the Wall of Sound. Uh, was a proponent of LSD. Was a uh, a chemist, uh, an actual bona fide chemist experimenting with it and bringing it out to the public uh, notorious and and notable at the same time it's a it's the irony it's the dichotomy that is the grateful dead it's the people's band and jerry brought it brought it to the people at great sacrifice great sacrifice suffered a diabetic coma in 1986 um in shows with uh Bob Dylan and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers uh he had simply he was uh overtaken by the road life overtaken by his his own problems um he uh he was re brought back to reanimated to play guitar and sing He had lost those talents momentarily, just for a moment, just for an instant on the cosmic scale. Uh, but they were brought to full circle and probably uh, in- increased with intensity when uh, the likes of uh, keyboardist Merle Saunders uh, and others, uh, and the Dead themselves, um, he was able to recover. Um, Some argued that you know he switched guitars during these times, during the years. He went from the original Stratocaster, which I have an affinity to. I I feel it's a great clean instrument that he played, and I wonder why he abandoned it. Maybe he thought it too antiseptic. Maybe he thought it too corporate. I don't know. Um, he then went with Erwin, um, the guitar, uh, guitarist, uh, guitar key. Uh, I should say the guitar maker and crafter who made his tiger, his alligator, uh, not necessarily in that order. I think it's flipped. Uh, and the wolf, all named after animals. Um, and to contrast his his genteel and, and his gentle nature, um, he. In 1993, after some recovery uh, from from uh, from exhaustion, collapse, a nervous breakdown of sorts, a collapse, collapse from just incredible touring. Uh, the performances were just stellar. Uh, he 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 pledged to return to work. He shed. He shed more than 50 pounds, I believe, is what the article reads.、Um, he was actually better as a result of it.、Um, he was—he、uh, had—he had became a father again、uh, with Deborah Coons.、Um, he wrote some new songs.、Um, He was—he was really doing good. He—he went—went with his、uh, his co—his co-collaborator Robert Hunter, 
and we're ramping up for an album, a new album. So this was all, all really sad. Uh, leading up, the leading up to it was glorious, but we know where it's going. Um, I think the quote from Barlow was, uh, he was like the boy who cried wolf. Um, and what would happen was there were so many ups and downs with him, people would desensitize to it. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. People were, you know, he was saying this just implied, not out loud. He would never, never complain or never elaborate his problems. But people were desensitized by it, unfortunately. Their, their blinders, uh, well, they weren't blind to his music or him, but blind to his problems. They wanted to just almost forget about it. It's kind of sad. Um, they, uh, they, they, the Deadheads had a sort of a love-hate with the media. The media covered the Dead's music. Um, but uh, in the spirit of the 60s, there was that sense of uh, re rebel in them. They wanted to explore some, some risky kind of musical business. Not just psychedelia, but with good old rock and roll. They always brought something to the table. Aoxamoxoa is another example of that. Um, it's a vivid album. Live, of course. Uh, the best performances were live. Um, he wanted to, you know, he, he wanted to get healthy. He would go to a club work out in, intensely for a day, go on a crash diet. He did lose, like I said, you know, 50 pounds, and he was at his health, probably at his healthiest in, in the early 90s. Um, but of course, by 94, 95, it was, it was sort of downhill. So he's going to be up there with Duke, uh, Count, going to be up there with Louis Armstrong and others. His favorite song I learned, I, I got it confused with Bob Weir's favorite song, which I believe is Bertha. Uh, but Jerry's favorite song is Black Muddy River, and I love that song too. It's a, it's a real, real heart, heartfelt song. It tugs at your heart and your soul. Um, I love the, the, the visual there, the visual, right, of the muddy river banks, the banks of the muddy river, and it's dark, and it's dank, and it's where you go for solitude, you know, it's where you sit, you sit, you sit, or you walk alone, you walk alone there. His last concert was Chicago, Soldier's Field. 
on July 9th, 1995. And who knew, who would have known it was it would be Jerry's farewell concert? And that's where he sang um, some of, some of his most memorable songs. I have a special penchant for um, "Standing on the Moon." I think it's another one of those bittersweet songs. Lonely. He looks out at the Gulf of Mexico. He looks out at uh, all these kind of Latin kind of countries. We were going through the Costas and the Sandinistas. We were going through that Central American drama under Reagan in the 80s. And uh, uh, El Salvador was like a teardrop or a tear in his, in his view from the surface of the moon. I love the description of the flag in crimson, uh, white, and indigo. Indigo being the dark blue of the, the stars on the blue field. So that's my first article. I'm going to update you as to other articles. I'm going to paraphrase them for legally, for legal reasons. I don't even want to flip through the rest of the book. I want to read it as I, I read it. Then I want to go through it again. Uh, not necessarily reading it, but I want to flip through. I'll be able to now flip through. That's the way I work with great books and magazines and periodicals. I, I was that way with Communication Arts Magazine which I've done stories on that art book. This is another art book, by the way. I can read you the back covers. Um, he's three decades of in-depth interviews with Jerry. He's done a dozen or so covers, the most of any artist on the, on the gracing cover of Rolling Stone. The first album, the first, well, album, first cover was Rolling Stone, The Dope Crisis, and The Good Old Grateful Dead, and it's Jerry looking really defiantly with his arms crossed in a motorcycle-type leather jacket. It's got the, it's got the, uh, one of the only uses, as well, there's the few, there's a few there, some with the band and other issues, but this issue is the old Rolling Stone logo, which I like, I like it a lot. Um... He's got another one where he's on the beach lying down. It's kind of cool. He's got his huge crop of hair. His eyes are closed. He's got his aviators on. His famous aviators. Um, I'm sure he must have had many pairs, dozens. Another one with the Grateful Dead themselves. I'm going semi-chronologically here. Um, While all the Belfast unrest in the IRA the operative problems and the the problems with hijackings and all that were going on in the world. Uh, the, Ro- the Rolling Stone issue came out with the Grateful Dead. Looks like they're in front of a, uh, a bush. It's a duotone picture. Um, it's a colorized photo with a spot color. It's actually a spot. It's a black and white with a spot color. I should know that just from my graphic design tech tech talk. Here's a smiling Jerry, uh, a Jerry that is uh, he's looking uh, grimacing towards the camera in a kind of a elfish way. 
And it's Jerry Garcia, The Road Goes On Forever. It's a rolling, another Rolling Stones interview. Full color, full bleed photo, a full bleed cover. Jerry in a, in a black, black vest, looking assuredly toward the camera. He's in there and the likes of other interviewees, like Jerry David Bowie's Tin Machine and uh, another article on Gus Van Sant and Pearl Jam. Uh, Why Primus Sucks was another article in smaller type. Full color there, kind of high key light. That's where the white dominates more. Um, with a gradiated background, sort of a monochrome gradiated background with a gold, gold lettering of the Rolling Stone in their new logo, their uh, current logo, I should say. And then there's him peering directly in the camera in a straight on shot, black and white, uh, Ansel Adams tone, and it's a memorial issue of Rolling Stone. Uh, probably came out in it did come out in 1995. It just says plainly, nothing else is on the type on the front cover, which is very rare for a commercial magazine. Jerry Garcia, 1942 to 1995. Not important. Um, uh, thank you, guy, for the mic. Um, I love my character actors. Uh, there's one on Colombo. I'm watching it right now on Silent View. Uh, character actors go back. Got an episode of Colombo with a down plane and a Johnny Cash playing himself. He's Johnny Brown. Got the first name right, got the second name wrong. Brown, B-R-O-W-N. And the character actor next to him has been on many episodes. He's a short guy, bald, overweight, wearing Texas kind of like outfit. In the recording studio with uh, Lieutenant Colombo. And my character actors on the set, I admire them all. Haven't met a character actor I didn't like. Maybe a couple of hombres. Some of the good guys were bad. Some of the bad guys were good. You know what I'm saying? Some of the ones that were shot up were my best friends. Some of the protagonists were my worst enemies. Johnny Cash pulls in an Emmy Award winning role. He does a good job. I thought he was acting kind of not that great. And then I said to myself, he's doing a pretty good job actually. So they're in the recording studio with 70s equipment and 70s set. The earlier episode with a military general talking about parachutes and paratroopers. And uh, I admire these shows, guy. Give me a chance a little bit of luxury. And um, I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be here. But the, the show is, uh, is one of the greatest shows from Columbia Pictures Television and uh, Coca-Cola subsidiary. And um, the subsidiaries of the, of the uh, super, uh, superific 
Uh, Colombo just left the room. He's now outside in the streets of Los Angeles with the Lost Souls Crusade, temporary headquarters. Got seamstresses working at the desks. Got sort of a sort of a uh, Imogene Coco type lady uh, working at the desk, and she's looking at uh, Colombo in his raincoat with loving eyes. But I don't want to get off point here, and my point is that some of the greatest character actors are some of the best actors you could ever ever do. I love rec- trying to recognize actors on TV. I like trying to guess their names, the stars too. I'll mention their names out loud. I'll say that's Lee J. Cobb, one of the greats. I'll say that's uh, Slim Pickens, one of the greats. I remember the great 64 movie called uh, uh, called Dr. Strangelove or how I uh, snagged the bomb and uh, he rides that bomb hooey down that aeroplane. We didn't have those in 1860, 1874 ways. We didn't know that in South Fork. The most technological we did was telegraph and the train. Telegraph and the train. That's going to be a new episode. Huh? Not really. Guys signaling me that's probably not going to happen. He's uh, watching lovingly as I talk. He's got a smile on his face right now. He's really happy. Now I'm doing this. Uh, Colombo's uh, unfurling some parachute material, some kind of linen, looking out there. Looks like parachute, but it's in a seamstress outfit uh, company, and they they got big, big sprawling table there to do those things. Got some craft paper, got a spindle, got a little spindle there with some thread. Uh, she's she's going to do 27... 27 square feet or three yards of the material, uh, make it happen, nine yards, whatever. She's wearing a light blue. She's got the headgear on. It looks like coronavirus all over again. And it shows circa 76, 72, 71. It looks like 71 to me. Uh, got a hell of a head of hair, I can tell you that. Uh, Robert Falk plays uh, our great Colombo investigator. The plane landed and uh, crashed. It was intentional. Uh, The parachute expert bailed out of the plane, hit his parachute somewhere in the woods to make it then faked his injury off the side of the plane to look like he was part of the whole disaster where his his so-called friend perished in the plane. And, uh, of course, he didn't care, had no sympathy whatsoever. And uh, our friend, our friend uh, Colombo is investigating uh, what went on, what went on. And I wanted to mic in now, just uh, click in this, this message for you to uh, let you know how character actors make big difference as it goes to commercial. We noticed it goes into some health care items and such. We're going to lose some interest real fast. I like to lip sync to some of those commercials. A funeral lady, she's a lady in bed. I kind of feel sorry for her, but I don't like her at the same time. 
it's kind of a gangly thing, and uh, she uh, goes on and on and shut the fuck up and all that fun stuff. But my favorite shows outside of MASH and, you know, Tales of Wells Fargo and Wagon Train. Got uh, Maverick and uh, this Gun for Hire movie and uh, Wanted Dead or Alive with Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen and... uh, and uh, we got uh, Rawhide with Clint Eastwood. So they all great, great shows. And of course, my favorite of all is, uh, as you know, famously, is Rifleman with uh, Chuck Connors. Uh, Crawford Boy plays Mark. Johnny Crawford. Paul Fix is your Marshal Sheriff. And uh, they do a good job. And they got the best character actors on that show. I can tell you that right now. The history of character actors, they go back. They're needed on the set. They're needed to propel the storyline. They're needed in support. They needed to play off the great actors. Make them look good, make them look bad, whichever. Whatever direction the director and the writers want it to be. And whatever the producer writes a check for. That's what counts. So I just wanted to let you know that character acting, the art of the art of cinema, the art of the film, is what it's all about. Word of advice out there, just stay away from those American coins that are double eagle, whatever, the vintage, you know, a tribute to the United States coins. It's one of those un undenver minted not would not would not have any compunction to be a one of those bad coins. You know, it's, they use special lighting to make it look dimensional, but it's really a flat, flat piece of metal with some raised elements. Got some eagles flying on one side. Got a bust of some dead president on the other side, and they make it think like it's going to be it's some bison running. They could think it's going to be the best coins to slice bread, and I think it's just a waste of money. So don't call that 800 number. Don't lay out your 1995 plus tax because the coin ain't worth it. It's as simple as that. Guy falls his sucker. He's a sucker for it. Nora, his assistant, and Buckles Brannigan, his second assistant. Actually, here the leading lady on our show. Uh, she's going to be doing COVID special. It's coming up soon. I'm tired of that COVID. I'm really tired. I'm sick and tired of it. You know, I did a so sojourn on uh, character actors. I'm going to just say it's a real hell of a virus coming through here. We can all do without it. We can all do without it. Um, I'm not a religious man. Don't aspire to be. But I can tell you right now, it's just not worth it. Just like the coin. It's not worth the the bread it's buttered on. Save your money. Don't mail in anything. Don't go on no coin website that's not official by the U.S. Mint. Make sure it's U.S. Mint certified before you do anything. 
I promise you won't get ripped off. I promise. Right here. This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories.